Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is September 15th, 2022, and our first story, defund the police has come home to roost, backfiring on Democrats even after all this. Crime is skyrocketing, police are demoralized and retiring, and voters are furious. We can see what's going to happen, because over in Sweden, the issue of rising crime has resulted in the far right winning a narrow majority. And many believe that crime and the economy will play a significant role. But here's the issue. The failing economy makes crime worse. So these two issues, well, they're going to be haunting the Democrats. Defund the police. You can't just shake it. In our next story, two buses of migrants arrive at Kamala Harris's residence. And the Democrats are reeling. But it's their own policies. They claim to be for sanctuary cities, but now they can't handle it. In our last segment... Matt Walsh is accused of saying mermaids can't be black, when in reality, he jokingly said mermaids should be skeletal horror monsters with translucent skin. And somehow the cult of the left turned that into Matt Walsh is racist. Amazing. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Defund the police is coming home to roost, haunting the Democrats right before the midterm election, because everybody remembers we had that period where many of these leftist activists started saying defund the police. Democrats fell in line and said, whatever you say, progressives, crime started to skyrocket. Police started to retire and resign. And then all of a sudden they started to walk things back. Maybe we shouldn't defund the police. But my friends, it's too late. It is too late. The Daily Mail reports defund the police campaign sparked nationwide crime spree because it put people off becoming cops and left forces overstretched and burned out. Retired police chief warns. And there's more. Thousands, nearly 2000 NYPD cops quitting before getting full pensions. And then from the Washington Free Beacon, as crime soars, Democratic voters turn on left wing prosecutors. That is to say, Defund the police is backfiring, has backfired, and will not go away at any, uh, anytime soon. And the Democrats are going to have to face this down. And I don't know if they're going to be able to. Murders are through the roof in many places. And across the board, George Soros, 
He funded many of these prosecutors. He's doubling down. In Illinois, they have the Safety Act, eliminating cash bail. And while I am in favor of actually pardoning many criminals, nonviolent drug offenders who didn't take plea deals, who didn't plead down, I should say, the policies being enacted, the blanket policies have resulted in an escalation in crime, panic across the board, and voter revolt. Now, maybe you want to argue that it's not the Democrats' fault, it's the pandemic. Fine. Either way, it's bad news for Democrats. It doesn't need to be an indictment of them. I personally think entertaining the defund the police thing was a huge mistake. I'm in favor of reform. I'm not a revolutionary. I'm not going to advocate for completely abolishing the police in any reasonable sense. But I will advocate for if the left in these cities want it, so be it. And they got what they wanted. And now people are starting to push back against them. Voting may not change the game all that much for, I should say, crime, voters on the issue of crime. It may not change all that much, but it will have an impact. The economy still is the principal issue. And I think when you combine the economy with crime, gun violence, you're going to see people outright saying, you know what, I'm voting Republican. Because even Cenk Uger of the Young Turks, you know, he shouted him out earlier this week, I believe. And uh, here he is once again saying defund the police was a huge mistake. And he pointed out over in Sweden, the far right, they're winning because people are fed up with the violence. Who wants to live this way, man? I don't. It's one of the reasons I moved out of the big cities and into the middle of nowhere. We still have to deal with crime. Obviously, we have the swannings. But I just growing up in Chicago, wanting to leave all that violence, I don't want to move back into it. But I know full well what Democrat policy, what it brings. Not that I think the Republican establishment will do anything. I think they're mostly trash. We can see that reflected in voting preferences. The younger generation outright just says, no, we want to vote for somebody else. And the funny thing is, it's mostly Republicans. It's mostly moderate, libertarian, conservative leaning uh, young people who don't want to vote establishment. Young Democrats overwhelmingly want to support the cult in the machine. That's them. But you keep supporting this stuff. Don't be surprised when the crime comes for you. You won't be safe from the mob. And that's what they want. And that's why we're seeing it once again in Illinois, even as violent crime is skyrocketing, even as the young Turks are saying this is abolish the police and defund the police is a bad idea. Jenk, are you going to call out the prosecutors and the legislators who are bringing forth these no cash bail policies that's resulting in an escalation of crime? They're letting people back onto the streets, violent criminals. It's getting bad. But you know what? They wanted to chase the defund the police. And to me, this proves they're in a cult. They could have spoken out against it. They could have said, guys, we get it. You're on the left, but we're not supporting every stupid idea. Instead, they said, we'll say anything to get your vote. Well, it's come home to roost. Let's read the news. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and help support our work. Click that join us button right there above my head on the left side. And you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as our other shows, notably the Cast Castle vlog and Tales from the Inverted World. And you're going to be supporting our newsroom and our journalists. We just recently hired another journalist after just hiring another journalist. So we have a small newsroom, but we have a, a fair amount of reporters writing the news, fact checking it and doing our best to make sure we're giving you true and correct information. For that, we really do need your support because news is a tough business. Member supported is the way to go. Head over, to, head over to TimCast.com, sign up. But don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the video right now with your friends. A lot of people have been saying they're not getting notifications anymore. 
Midterm season is here, my friends. They don't want messages like this getting out to the people. We've seen it already when the White House was messaging the, the big tech companies saying, like, why aren't you banning these people? A Fauci parody account getting targeted. Alex Berenson, a journalist getting banned, filing a lawsuit to get his account back. The government is directly intervening. You want to help push back? Take the URL of this video, post it and share it wherever you can. And if you're listening on the podcast, tell your friends. The Daily Mail reports the defund the police campaign is to blame for crime level spiking, putting people off becoming cops and leaving forces burned out. Retired police chiefs have warned the movement, which led to violent clashes with officers last year, brought about the dangerous ripple effects across the sector. The former top officer said it has caused a dramatic rise in waiting time for victims of vicious crimes and caused morale to plummet to the lowest it has been in decades. It comes as crime-ridden cities such as New York, Portland, Oregon, have seen staffing levels plunge in the wake of the campaign. It has created a clear path for violent thugs to run riot across the cities and left victims without justice. Yes, I agree. I also agree we have a problem with cops. I believe there is a bad culture among the police. They don't hold their own accountable. I've personally witnessed this. But that's why I think the answer is reforms, not defund and abolish. I don't mind defund in a certain sense, but you've got to be very careful about you go about demonizing the police. There's a viral video right now. It's a lady cop. And she's like, if I'm behind you, get out the effing way. Get out the way. And if you don't, I, I tell you this, I could be, if, if I'm behind you long enough, I will find a crime. I will find a reason. Yeah, that's the problem with police. I got no problem saying that. But if you think eliminating your police force is going to result in anything good, sorry, you're wrong. In Portland, hundreds of people are taking over intersections. An old man got trapped, panicked, tried driving away. They shot at him. He was safe. He was fine. I believe he was only partially injured. I don't know uh, where he is. We, it's horrifying, man. I hope he's safe. I'm not sure, actually. But they ended up shooting one of their own. It is chaos and violence on the streets. Because look, man, I'm not, I'm not a staunch, you know, laissez-faire capitalist anarchist type. I do not believe that if we go full anarchist, that regular, everyone's going to get along. I have seen the darkness in many, uh, in much of humanity, the, the, from the child abuse to the murders, to the general psychosis, extortion, blackmail, and just anger and rage. I don't think we need a nanny state to tell us what to do. I think we just need a moderate basic agreement of some sort. And that can be a third party arbiter of the law. It's not a perfect system, man. It's not easy legislating what should and shouldn't be and making sure the cops know how to do it. But I'm down to try and build a better system. I'm just not okay with this idea that we're going to burn the whole thing down, see violent crime escalate in order to win votes for what reason? I don't know. I think the Democrats are scared of accountability because Biden's a crook and the people around him are criminals. Anyway, they're going to say retired police chief Jeff Rash told Fox News Digital that when officers are spread thin, there will be longer response times. When officers are having to work overtime, there is less time for much needed training. There's a ripple effect that right now is really dangerous. Yeah, remember that video where the guy's trying to arrest some dude and he grabs his taser and then turns to fire at him and then he shoots and, and kills the guy? I think he killed him. And then the, they, 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 put, they said the cop was in trouble. I'm like, dude, tasers can kill. Now, the funny thing is, I also think that's true, and cops should be aware of that. But it's crazy how we get these stories. Look what happens to Kyle Rittenhouse. Exactly. Quote, 
I talk to law enforcement leaders on a daily basis. And in today's world, their number one problem is staffing. And what you hear is the same drum being beaten. How are we going to get ourselves through this? And what steps are we going to take to get our staffing back? Halstead pointed out that the national goal for, for highest level priority call is to be at the scene in five minutes, but he doesn't believe that has to be the case today. The national goal for your highest level priority call in policing was to respond and be on location within five minutes. That was a national goal. It's been the national goal for decades. And the majority of major city police departments were accomplishing that goal within three and a half to about four minutes and 45 seconds. Today, I don't know any of them that are aggressively meeting the national standard. Halstead later explained that some officers are not being as aggressive as they used to be because of their being, because of, because of their, their of being indicted, their fear, I'd imagine they're missing the word, fear of indi- being indicted for using force. What did we learn with Chauvin? We learned that the amount of force Chauvin applied, not sitting on, on, on uh, dude's neck for, um, for nine minutes, but uh, George Floyd, Chauvin when he used the taser, was he could have actually used more force. So they showed us the escalation of force chart or whatever. And based on their own policies, he was well within reason to use more force. I'm sorry, to use a taser he didn't use. He could have used more, more force. He didn't. Now these cops know. If they do use any force, they're going to get in trouble. This is the real world ramification. From the New York Post, nearly 2,000 NYPD cops quitting before getting full pensions. They say, more dis- uh, uh, ever-growing exodus figures show 2,465 police officers have filed to leave the department this year, 42% more than the 1,731 who exited at the same time last year, according to the latest pension fund stats obtained by the Post. More disturbing is the fact that the number of cops hanging up their holsters early before reaching 20 years for a full pension has skyrocketed 71% this year from the year before. NYPD Police Benevolent Association President Patrick Lynch so the so-called voluntary quits are driving the stampede and not a big academy class that graduated in 22, as claimed last month by Chief Department Kenneth Corey. We have had retirement waves caused by large academy classes before. They were nothing like this. This exodus is the result of cops in their prime of their careers deciding they've had enough. The NYPD should stop trying to explain it's the staffing crisis away. Admit there's a problem and help us fix it. Yeah, I'm no fan of the NYPD. They're not the worst. But they got a lot of problems. Notably, you know, one example is how the cops would come out and they'd look at you and go, that's a frozen zone. And you're like, a frozen zone? Like, yep, that's a frozen zone. I'm like, what does that mean? It means you can't stand there. BS. You can't tell me that. I remember during Occupy Wall Street, they set up checkpoints and they were like, do you have a corporate ID to be here? And I'm like, I don't need one. You can't keep me out. That's unconstitutional. And they did it anyway. And they'd arrest you. Yeah. Not a big fan of the authoritarianism and how these things operate. We can reform the police and bring good cops on. But the demonization has resulted in good cops quitting and bad cops saying, I don't care. That's the creepy reality. Now we got to take a turn, man. We got to push back. And Democratic voters have been turning on left wing prosecutors. Do not tell me that when you see a story like this, Democrats facing a midterm are not panicking. Chesa Boudin, he's face, he faced a recall. Gascon, he won. He beat it. Check this out from the Free Beacon. They say late last month, Maryland voters ousted Baltimore State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby, who backed decarceration and defunding police, even as the city's homicide rates skyrocketed. Voters are saying no right now. 
You think Democrats haven't taken notice? Oh boy, it's going to get brutal because the GOP is pouncing. Here we go. From the GOP, John Fetterman is out with a new ad today claiming it's false that he supports releasing one third of Pennsylvania's inmates. That's news to everyone with eyes and ears. And Fetterman is literally on tape calling for that. See for yourself. This is interesting. 11 times Fetterman called for releasing one third of inmates. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. I do not disagree with John Fetterman for the most part. I don't know his full position, but I want to point out. Yeah, I think they're playing it. I also want to point out. Have you ever noticed how weird it is that John Fetterman's always covering up his neck, even when he's wearing clothes that doesn't make sense for wearing a neck gaiter? I don't know. Something's weird. Dude had a stroke. He's got some weird bulge on his neck. I think if the dude's sick, he needs to tell people. This is from the GOP. Fetterman, of course, as you know, he's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. Here we go. In total, Fetterman has advocated for releasing one third of Pennsylvania inmates, 12,000 convicts, at least 11 times. In one instance, he said, one third of prisoners in PA state prisons could be released and we wouldn't be any less safe. He said, we could release a third of our inmates and not make anyone less safe. We absolutely must reduce our prison population by one third. Could release a third of our inmates. We, sh- we could reduce our state prisons by population by one third, blah, 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 blah. Okay, hold on. I don't know the full context, but I want to hear what he has to say. Are there nonviolent offenders who are in prison? Let them out. We got to be careful. Someone might be uh, convicted of, say, like having pot. And then we're like, that's a nonviolent drug offense. Let them go. And then it turns out they pleaded down from something like aggravated assault and a drug deal gone wrong. And they said, plead to the possession and transport and we'll drop the aggravated violent stuff. Maybe. So we need to have a review. In my opinion, Trump should have pardoned all of these nonviolent drug offenders after review to make sure they weren't violent offenders or had a history of violence. If John Fetterman is advocating for that, I completely agree. But I will point out politically right now, it's probably a bad idea to come out saying stuff like this because people aren't going to understand what you're saying. But I'm not, I'm not going to play this game. I agree with nonviolent offenders being released. And I think it's fair to say we wouldn't be any less safe. Now, there is the question. If people are nonviolent offenders, but they contribute to black markets, which could it could, in fact, then increase violence in other ways. I don't agree with the attacks, but I understand the politics right now. Regular people do not want to hear Democrats double down on releasing convicts. It sucks, but it's the reality. And even if you are you or I uh, might think, you know, we should have a review and make sure we're not incarcerating people who shouldn't be incarcerated or nonviolent defenders. You got to understand the politics of it. And it's brutal and it sucks. Me, as I stated, I'm not a revolutionary. I'm a reformer. I'd love to get through this system and see some real changes. We need to stop spending so much money on this trash when we have someone like arrested for a small amount of pot. Nah, I don't care about that, dude. That's not not something I think is going to make us safer. So careful what you say, Fetterman, careful what you say, because a third of our inmates, I don't think people are going to believe that you could release a third of our inmates and all of them would be just good people and nonviolent offenders. You are going to get black market operatives that have peripheral violence around them. You got it. I'm not going to play that game. That's for the crime spree. 30 plus victims in old Hickory neighborhood crime spree. Nashville, Tennessee. Yikes. Here's one. Obvious crime spree in Cobbs Creek ends with two men in custody. Third person on the run. Yikes. 
Listen up, Laurie McDonald CEO warns Chicago Mayor Lightfoot that soaring crime in Burger Giant's home city is leaving its corporate staff too terrified to return to its HQ. You need to do something about this. Fine. Don't do it. Don't care. Whatever. Let Republicans pounce. Let them come in and they will win across the board. Not that I think people are going to be too happy. Republican leadership is fairly garbage. But even McDonald's is coming out being like, dude, we don't want we don't want it. Sorry. Crime's a problem. Okay. Do you think Lori Lightfoot, Illinois, you think they got the message? I can tell you they didn't. From SJR.com, the end of cash bail and more. What's what's in Illinois' Safety Act? Oh, the Safety Act. Isn't it really funny? They call it the Safety Act. It's Safe hyphen T Act. Oh, it's so cute. And I love this. They call it the Safety Act and it eliminates cash bail. One of its many provisions will end cash bail where a defendant is required to pay a percentage of the bail set by a judge to be released from prison, making Illinois the first state to do so. Oh, boy. Okay. This means there are many circumstances where violent offenders will be released. Just let go. It doesn't mean all of them. There are still circumstances where a judge can order remand, but it means that many of these people will, will be released. Remember when uh, that guy attacked Lee Zeldin and had the cat ears and was like raising his arm? I don't know if he was swinging. He was like going like this at him and they grabbed his hand. Yeah. Zeldin predicted that dude would be released right away. And he was. Bro jumped on stage with a lethal weapon. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's self-defense. or just cat ears. And I'm like, dude, it's a weapon that could have been used going for someone's neck. And they just outright released that guy. That's a violent offender. Yeah. Well, there you go. You think Illinois will ever not vote Democrat? Maybe in 100 years. I have no idea. That's why I left the state. It is corrupt. And the people who live there are dumb, are dumb as a box of rocks. Not all of them. Just the ones who keep voting for this, despite the fact that crime in Chicago is insane. It's nuts. Man, the stories I could tell you. Growing up, hearing gunshots. My friend told me a story when we were teenagers. I'm on the, I, I think uh, he told me like the next day or whatever that he goes to take his garbage out and he sees two people dragging a carpet with feet hanging out of it. And he's like, huh. The next day, apparently someone found a corpse in a dumpster. Don't know if it was this person or what happened. But yeah, that's Chicago. Man, it's a brutal city. It is. You know, people don't understand, too is they hear these stories and they assume that when they go to Chicago, it's going to be just like everybody shooting at each other and it's all crazy. Dude, you'll be just fine for the most part. There's just a lot of crime. I remember talking to some people from South Africa and they were like, yeah, it's, it's getting really bad there. And then I'm like, uh, uh, so you left? And they're like, yeah, but it's not as bad as people think. I, I can't, I, I actually, I don't think it's a good South African. I'd have to hear South African to get the accent right. But they were like, we've only been carjacked five times. And I was like, you... Five times? Yeah. So, I lived in Chicago, and I've never been carjacked, been shot at. But five times living in South Africa? Yo, that's crazy. That's the reality. People live in this stuff, and they think it's normal. But for people who don't live in it, don't think it's normal, and it's getting worse, they freak out. Case in point, Sweden. I bring you now to this story from rfi.fr. Crime unites voters in Swedish far-right stronghold of, how do you pronounce this, Subo? It's an O with the, the umlaut or whatever, but I don't know how to pronounce that. Sujobo. There you go. Sujobo common. Well, all right. It actually says common. There you go. I wonder if that means the same thing. Probably there's a market there. 
So the Swedish Democrats is what they're called. Sweden Democrats. Sorry, they're like the far right, even though they're actually to the left of uh, many liberals here in the United States. And they're winning now. The right won a narrow majority, and it's going to bring huge change to Sweden because people are fed up with crime. Concerns over soaring crime as united voters in the small, small town of Sjöbo. Sjöbo, how you pronounce it? Where far right Sweden Democrats, the big winners in Sunday's election, posted their strongest score. I went to Sweden. It was a big story. Donald Trump came out and said, last night in Sweden, you see what's going on? And then the media was like, nothing happened last night in Sweden. What are you talking about? Because Trump meant last night on Fox News, they talked about what's going on in Sweden. Oh, Trump, you got to be more precise with your language. You know, the media's coming after you. So I went to Sweden and said, let's check it out. Journalists got mad. Don't go. Don't go. We went. And we, uh, we found that crime was really low. Crime was really low. But it was skyrocketing. Yeah, I think it was something like they went from one murder to like 13. 13 murders. I mean, it's horrifying. It's a town. It was, it was Malma, which is uh, so I think it's I think the O with the thing is pronounced like uh, so it's Siobo. I don't know. But uh, in Malma, it's really close to Copenhagen. Just like quick train. I think it's only like half an hour or something. And uh, maybe not even. And uh, uh, 300,000 people, I believe. And they were freaking out. People were terrified. We had a ride with a guy who was telling us what was going on. And then he's like, I don't want to go to this neighborhood. I don't, Rosengarten. I think he was like, no, 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 it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And, it, and we walked around and like, I don't know. I didn't, like the houses were really nice. And then I, th- I thought about it and I realized what was happening. People who live in the United States deal with such levels of crime. When you see fire bombs and riots, and then you hear in this city, crime is skyrocketing by 1000%. You go, whoa. And your worldview is built upon where you live. So you imagine your town with crime already high in the United States, and then you multiply it by by a factor of 10. And you're like, man, that's crazy. You're imagining fire bombs and grenades and machine guns. And then you're like, whoa. And so people in the United States were saying like crime's out of control. Then you got the left being like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then I go to Sweden and what I find. It was super chill compared to where I've been. And then I realized it, though, to somebody who, who, who heard a murder last year and went, yikes, to hear next year there's like a 1,300% increase, they're freaking out. They then go online like, you don't understand, crime is through the roof. And people equate it to their experience. So here's the reality. Crime in Sweden ain't nothing like what we got going on in the U.S., but for the people who live there, it's a dramatic increase and it's terrifying. For those that live in the U.S., when you see crime up 200% in, say, Portland, that is a shock to the system. And people say, please make it stop. It's such bad news that even the Young Turks, Cenk Uger, denounces defund the police rhetoric as wildly counterproductive. Uger previously supported defund the police during the George Floyd riots of summer 2020. Did he really? They say you can't claim to speak for the left if polls indicate that actual human beings are on the left don't like your ideas. He's right. And if they like your ideas, but you bungled it by making your ideas sound worse than the names and the framing that's on you, do better. I agree. It's funny that uh, here's what he tweeted in June 25th. He says, I'm done. I'm now supporting defund the police 100 percent. I already largely agreed with the substance of the argument, and now I'm down for the framing, too. There is no reform or transformation that can fix this. We have to start over and completely rebuild policing in this country. I have no problem with Jenk changing his opinion two and a half years later. 
I think it's stupid to pull up a tweet from two and a half years ago when Trump was clearly dealing with one context and then be like, haha, well, he changed his mind. I'm like, thank you, Cenk, for changing your mind. I think you're right. I think, you know, even I um, around then I was saying it was nuts. There came a period where I got really upset with how the cops were enforcing lockdown. And this was in 2020. And I said, forget, screw it, abolish them. We don't need this because they're just going to go after people who are trying to mind their own business. And then later I chilled out and was like, if the left wants it, they can have it. I don't live in those places. Fine. So be it. I still kind of feel that way. But our opinions all change. And I think it's stupid because they, they, they come to me and they're like, you once tweeted that you believed this thing. And I'm like, yeah. And what was the news that time? Like, was Jack Uger looking at a video of a cop like beating someone and being like, this is it. I'm done with this because I can respect being upset. And now he's come to his senses. He's seen the news. He's changed his opinion. I don't think there's any reason to bring up. In fact, no, no, there's a good reason. There's a really, really good reason to call out Jenk Uger, uh, his, 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 call out his past support for defunding the police. And that reason is to shine praise upon him and thank him and shake his hand figuratively, because I don't think he'll hang out with any of us, and say, you know, you were in favor of this, and now you're coming around and pushing back against it. And I think it's the right move for both Anna and Jenk. I think we should highlight this and say, this shows Jenk is making the right choice and doing the right thing as someone who previously believed that. That's all we can really say. That's it. But I think it shows that even they understand it's a losing policy position. Jenk's right. Good for him, man. Check this out. Trump's MAGA army that could transform Congress in his image. More than 200 candidates he endorsed will now fight tooth and nail for him in November, in November midterms. But establishment GOP is terrified they will scare off floating voters. Take a look at this. Trump's MAGA army. Oh, I love it. Number of Trump endorsed candidates running for office in November. Here we go. You've got across the board. I mean, Florida, there's 12. In Ohio, there's 14. In Michigan, there's eight. Yo, in Texas, there's 19. Trump's endorsements, 90% of them won. You know what this means? It means that in Congress, the majority of Republicans will be MAGA. That means if the Republicans win, the MAGA side will dominate. That means the establishment ain't going to be able to do anything. But they also include, of course, Senate candidates, and it includes his gubernatorial endorsements as well. So there will be a strong and powerful MAGA push in Congress, and that's good news. Here we go. Maryland gubernatorial candidate Dan Cox sailed the primary victory with Trump's endorsement, though he's now widely seen as a long shot candidate in the moderate state's November race. Maybe that's the plan. The Democrats are going to try and hold their 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 majority by demonizing MAGA. We'll see if it works. It's a bold play. It's a bold play. The FBI going after Trump supporters is either going to terrify people into supporting Democrats rally them into doing it or terrify them into supporting Republicans or not voting at all. I kind of feel like running story after story about the FBI perp walking Steve Bannon is probably going to scare people. Regular people, middle of the road people don't know what's going on. So they're hoping that seeing Steve Bannon perp walked, regular people will just say he's a criminal. But you also have independent people who do know that Bannon is what he's being accused of. They also know that Black Lives Matter has been accused as well, and nobody went after them. In this case, it looks like a Gestapo arresting political rivals. I think that's going to backfire on Democrats. I don't think it's going to play out for them the way they think it will. Crime is skyrocketing. People are upset. 
And instead of going after crime, they're targeting Trump supporters. That's going to rally their base. Maybe that's what they need. But I kind of think regular people are going to get scared of that. And I think that they, they, they're probably going to sh- they're going to use the Steve Bannon perp walk video in tons of commercials to demonize all of Trump's people. But I don't know that it will work the way they think it will. Because for me, I don't like the Republican Party. I don't like it at all. I like the Libertarian Party way more. And there's a lot of things about their party I don't agree with. There is no centrist, left-leaning libertarian political party. The libertarians tend to be right libertarian. The conservatives are right wing. And the liberals are just a cult. So I'm just politically homeless. But I'd rather see the libertarians win. I just think they ain't going to get it. I'm sorry, guys, you know. And I'm worried that if I vote libertarian, then I just help the Democrats. It splits the vote. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't have any answers. What I can say is I don't see a solution. I, I see the crime skyrocketing. I see Democrats' inability to do anything. I see them as just chasing after their base. And I see the best chance we have is probably MAGA Republicans. Maggie Republicans, as Joe Biden calls them. That's what he said. Maggie Republicans. Funny. Maggie. The Maggie Republicans. Ah, You got a lot of them coming in. We'll see if they win. Many of them are guaranteed to win basically because their districts are so heavily Republican, but you got to go out and vote. So I'll tell you this. If you're angry with crime, if you want to see change, what did Joe Rogan say after the COVID, over the COVID lockdowns? Vote Republican. Go door to door. Talk to your friends. Encourage them to register to vote. And, when, and, and early voting is going to be starting soon. So you got to get your friends to go vote. Where mail-in voting is available and people get their ballots in the mail, Hang out with them. Make sure, remind them, hey, fill that ballot out. Make sure you register people to vote. It's the only way to make a difference. And you've got people that are, that are remarkably daft, in my opinion, saying things like, voting is pointless. I love the meme where it's like, if voting could change things, they wouldn't let us do it. There are people who super chat into Timcast IRL saying, no, voting's pointless. You need to do that or do this. And blah, 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 blah. Voting ain't pointless. If... If they had it in the bag and it was guaranteed, they would not be targeting Bannon and Trump. They wouldn't be panicking. They are panicking. They know that Trump's MAGA army is coming and they are losing their minds because they are going to lose power. There will be accountability sooner or later. And they know it. So don't sit idly by. Don't ignore this. Voting, it's working. It worked in these primaries. You need to overwhelm. Just get landslide victories, get everybody like in the movie, The Patriot, you know, when Mel Gibson's like, no, 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 don't retreat, march, charge, charge. And then they take the battlefield. That's what I'm talking about, baby. When you are winning culturally, like we're seeing across the board, Tom McDonald, Daily Wire, Emmys ratings in the gutter, CNN falling apart, MAGA Republicans winning. Now's not the time to say, I can't win and retreat. Now's the time to be like, yeah, and then go and raw charge to the door of your neighbor knock and then say, have you registered to vote yet? Good, sir. Ah, here's how you can do it. Go to this website. Have a nice day. That's how we win. That's how we do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. From Fox 5, Washington, D.C., Two buses of migrants arrive outside VP Harris's residence at the Naval Observatory in D.C. as per Fox News. And Fox 5 D.C. actually has video of it. These individuals were sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. 
Now, there have been questions about the efficacy of this, namely for me, when I said, why don't you just deport these people? They cross your borders illegally. You get them on a bus. You send them back to the country where they came from. And the issue is, apparently, the states don't have the authority to do that. There's nowhere they can send them. It's the federal government that has to deal with deporting them back to other countries. And that kind of makes sense. You know, Texas is not going to be negotiating with Mexico. It's going to have to be the federal government that does, which creates a problem for Arizona, for Florida, for Texas, for many of these states that deal with a massive influx of illegal immigration. So what are they doing? Well, they've been sending these people to New York, to D.C. Here's the best one. Bravo to Ron DeSantis. Claims credit for sending two planes carrying migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, man. Can only imagine that the multi-million dollar property properties that sit there, um, and uh, that that the owners of these properties are un- are not too happy with how things are playing out. That's brilliant, man. Of all the places you could send this, send it there. You got a bunch of wealthy liberal elites living in massive mansions. People like Barack Obama. Now, I don't like the idea of these people being used as pawns. These these illegal immigrants. Not a fan of that. The issue is, what are we supposed to do? When Joe Biden won't secure the southern border, when they encourage people to come, when they completely ignore him, I mean, Kamala Harris won't even go down to the border for a long time. The policy is a complete failure and the border is porous. Well, something must be done. They can't just stay in Texas, in Arizona, in Florida. It's absurd. Well, something has to be done. And you know, you, you've got Ron DeSantis and Abbott taking a cue from Joe Biden himself. You see, the Biden administration was secretly trafficking migrants on planes, children, no less. That's right. The Biden administration was engaged in human trafficking. That is not an exaggeration. It's overt. That's what they were doing. And they were flying these people across the country and dropping them off in random places. We heard from police in Ohio. They were pissed because ICE would go to them and be like, can you hold these people for us in your jail for just a minute? And they'd be like, sure. And then ICE would dip out and be like, ha ha, your problem, your problem. You got to and it's, and it's a very serious problem for these communities because what are you supposed to do for these people? You just open the door and you got homeless people? Well, looks like we got a solution. Two buses being sent to VP Harris's residence. Ron DeSantis sending him to Martha's Vineyard. And now we got this. New York City Mayor Eric Adams claims the Big Apple is near breaking point after Texas bust 11,000 migrants to sanctuary city. You want to be a sanctuary city? Then so be it. Good on Abbott. Good on DeSantis. These people are evil. These states, these cities, they want to gloat and break. We're a sanctuary city. We, we are in favor of migrants. Like, OK, if you're in favor of them, how about we foot the bill to send them your way? No help. Emergency. DC tried calling in the National Guard. Scumbag, evil liars. They want these people dead. Obviously, There's a little hyperbole in that. I don't think Kamala Harris and Eric Adams are like twirling their mustaches being like, let's kill migrants. They want them to wander aimlessly through the desert. They don't care what happens to them. That's what they're encouraging. That's what they're doing. Seeing that video, and I can't stand these these urban liberal Democrats for this stuff. A dead little girl face down in, 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 in shallow water because making these journeys It's extremely dangerous and children have gotten sick and died. And when there was a border patrol agent who picked up a sick child and desperately tried to save that child's life, the media reported 
child dies in CBP custody. What they didn't tell you is that it was urban liberal Democrat policies encouraging this, saying we're sanctuary cities, but they don't actually deal with the problem. And then when someone died and CBP tried to save the life of that child, they made it seem like it was this. It was CBP's fault. These people are evil. They are scumbags. So you know what? I'm glad this is happening. I think it's a problem that the borders are porous. I think it's a problem. These people don't get the help they need. But if you are a city that comes out and publicly states you're a sanctuary city that wants to protect these people, then we will send them your way because you apparently have the resources to do so. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you're crying about it because they're evil. Fox 5 reports. Fox News reports two buses of migrants arrived Thursday morning outside Vice President Kamala Harris's residence at the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. Now, this is what I don't understand. The video is, is from Fox 5. It was from, it was on Fo- from Fox 5 on, on, on YouTube. Approximately 100 migrants, mainly from Venezuela, arrived just before 7 a.m. from the Del Rio, from Del Rio, Texas, and offloaded near the Naval Observatory's main guard gate. The migrants were picked up in Eagle Pass, Texas, and were sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Fox News reporter Griff Jenkins was there as Secret Service agents arrived at the gate. Take a look at these photos. So here we go. So that's happening now. That's breaking news right now. Take a look at this one. From this morning, is Ron DeSantis claims credit for sending two planes carrying migrants to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Oh, my stars and garters. And we have this one. So this is from MV Times, Martha Vineyard Times. Migrants land on Martha, Martha's Vineyard from yesterday. So uh, a group of 50 Venezuelan migrants, some of them children, landed on Martha's Vineyard on Wednesday. The migrants arrived by plane. According to Jeff Freeman, airport director at Martha's Vineyard Airport, the name of the charter was Ultra Air Charters. He said it was two planes that arrived at the airport and not one, as originally reported. Fox News is reporting that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is taking credit for sending the migrants to the island and shared video with the news outlet. In 2021, DeSantis vowed to spend $8 million to send immigrants out of state and mentioned the vineyard as a destination. His press office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Freeman confirmed that one of the planes in the video being aired by Fox News is the plane that landed on the vineyard. The Times was told that the refugees arrived via Texas, but the situation has been fluid and there's been a lot of confusion surrounding today's event events. The Times was told it was a company that organized the flights, providing individuals with some cell phone numbers before departing. Migrants use translation apps on those phones getting off the plane. Take a look at this. Let me pull up the uh, good old Google Maps here. You can see what Martha's Vineyard looks like. It's an island. This is hilarious. Martha's Vineyard. I should have pulled up Zillow to show you the price of homes. Now, there are many homes on Martha's Vineyard that, that I would say are, are none too expensive, you know, relatively. A couple hundred thousand dollars. They're just very small. So they are relatively expensive. You know what I mean to say is some people, you know, they'll buy a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar house. You can find comparable properties. They're just a lot smaller. You know, like a one bedroom, one bath or something like that. But a lot of the properties here, make no mistake, this is ultra elites. Barack Obama has a multi-million dollar property here. Tons of million dollar properties. Yo, a house that would cost a million bucks in uh, a rural a rural area or, or maybe like a suburban area is like $10 million in Martha's Vineyard. I can only imagine right now all these uppity liberal elites are sitting there going, oh, 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 oh. I can't believe it. Ron, all angry that he's doing it. But these are the people that fund political action committees. 
These are the people that fund commercials. They support this. They push it. And now they can reap what they have sown. Bravo, Ron DeSantis. Bravo, Greg Abbott. You know, at first I was saying they should be deporting these people. But as pointed out to me, they can't. And I'm like, okay. well, then if they can't, then this is the next best next best thing, I suppose. Because these these places, D.C., New York, Martha's Vineyard, they think they will be immune to the destruction that they sow. They will place people in your city, disrupting your economy, disrupting your livelihood and your job and hurting the migrants themselves. Well, you know what? Now these people can have a good time hanging out in Martha's Vineyard. Hey, I think it's brilliant. There's a there's a post coming out from, uh, uh, I think, from Martha's Vineyard where they're like, we've taken care of our migrants. We've given them beds and places to sleep. And I'm like, good. Who's complaining about that? It's crazy. Martha's Vineyard wants to, you know, these people want to act like they're better men and all that stuff. And they're making it seem like we're mad they're helping these people. No, this is the point. These people, there's no room for them in Texas or Florida. Over Overwhelmed based on the border crisis. Florida, of course, is bordered by water, but people still come in. So if you're a sanctuary city, state or otherwise, I don't know, I guess Martha's Vineyard was an island. Does that count as a city? And you like these people and can help them, then everyone wins. What's the problem? Why would you act like, I mean, I'm not going to be upset by this. I'm actually, I think it's fantastic that they're giving these people beds and places to sleep. That's wonderful. You know, they're certainly wealthy enough to handle it. Bravo. Uh Uh-oh. What's happening in New York? New York City Mayor Eric Adams has admitted shelters are at the breaking point after Texas bust nearly 11,000 migrants to the sanctuary city. Oh, well, that's just too bad for you. You're a sanctuary city. Where should these people go? Huh. In a statement on Wednesday, Adams expressed frustration over Texas Governor Greg Abbott's busing policy that has inundated the Big Apple with thousands of migrants and left a group of 60 without access to, sh- to a shelter on Monday. In this new and unforeseen reality, where we expect thousands more to arrive every week going forward, the city system is nearing its breaking point, Adams said. As a result, the city's prior practices, which never contemplated the busing of thousands of people into New York City, must be reassessed. While some may want to use these extraordinary circumstances as an opportunity to play an unproductive game of gotcha, we remain focused on supporting each of these individuals and families who need our city's help. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Thank you, Um, Eric Adams. That's that's wonderful. Oh, you're at the breaking point. You'll have to figure it out. I mean, this is your policy. You voted for this. You encourage this. The people in these cities, they vote for your your money to go to these individuals. No, no, no. You vote for it. It's yours. I remember reading about this uh, old proposed bill back in the early 1900s. And they said anybody who favors war, uh, who, who, who votes in favor of it, would have to volunteer for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we should do that. And they said, no, 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 we can't do that. It doesn't mean that our armed forces don't go to combat. It means that when it comes to war, we say, okay, you want to go to war, uh, you have to fight it. And then there'll still be people who volunteer for the army. That's fine. We'll actually just have more troops. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, people don't want that, do they? These rich uppity liberal types, they don't want to go fight a war. Oh, no. And many of these neocons, they'll be like, yeah, well, America, you know, go to war. But they don't want to fight it, do they? To be fair, though, neocon families are more likely, it's my understanding, to have people in the military than liberal ones. So, sure. But it's this simple. These people in these cities, what do they do? They vote for gun control in, like, the Appalachian Mountains. So 
like, yo, I live in the mountains. There's bears. I should be able to have a gun. There's a video out of Italy where a person, a hunter, I don't know if I think it's a man, I might be, might be a woman, is uh, charged by a wild boar, but they're only allowed to have three rounds. So they go bang, miss, bang, no effect, bang, no effect, start beating the boar with the, with the weapon, with the, with, the, with the barrel. You see, that's insane. People who don't know what it's like to live in areas, want to, in certain places, want to impose their rules on you. They don't know what it's like on the southern border. They don't know how bad it is. But these people in these cities, they vote for people like Biden. And then Biden just eviscerates our border security. So, okay, we'll send them your way. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to you're going to struggle under it. Well, someone's got to take care of these people in New York's wealthier than anywhere else. Right. Among the latest group of migrants who arrived in New York this month included 44 from El Paso, which has seen such an influx of migrants that its shelters were forced to reject nearly 1000 people who are pictured sleeping on city streets. You see, you're a sanctuary city. We don't want these migrants homeless on the streets. I got it. We'll send them your way. Sanctuary city. Y'all can take care of them, right? Look at this. We don't want people to suffer. That's this horrifying. That's terrible. Uh, I, I think they shouldn't come here in the first place, but I guess sleeping on an American city street is better than where it is they come from in many instances, particularly the Venezuelans. And I'll tell you this too. Venezuelans deserve asylum, hands down. The leftist policies that have gutted and destroyed Venezuela. I'd rather have these people leaving socialism and being like, I will trek thousands of miles risking my life because I believe in something better. That's kind of that's the work ethic we need in this country. I'm, I mean it. Well, once again, rebuking the busing policy, uh, busing protest policy carried on by officials in the Southwest, Adams said the city has been working to accommodate its newest arrivals since May. This administration on its own has safely and efficiently provided shelter, healthcare, education, and a host of other services to more than 11,000 people, predominantly from Central and South America, who are seeking a better life. This is a remarkable achievement that has required and will continue to require the efforts of our entire team and has become a reality that no city official, advocate, or court ever could have contemplated. I'd like to point out, though, it ain't all bad for them, for the Democrats. They're probably cheering this on. You see, what we end up seeing with COVID, you get moderates and conservatives fleeing these cities. Now they're going to bring in a lot of migrants who have a tendency, when able, when, so when people migrate here and then get the ability to vote, becoming citizens, they tend to vote Democrat. More importantly, however, citizenship is completely irrelevant to the, to the question. Congressional seats are apportioned based on population size, not citizenship size. That means these cities are probably happy to have these people. Yup. They may feign, oh no, oh, don't send these people here. Oh, what's that? The census is coming up. Granted, they got eight or so years before the next census, but they'd love to have families come and establish here. They're going to give them sanctuary access. And then the census is going to happen. And they're going to be like, guess we need another congressional seat because so many people live here. That's why they do it. You know, um, with COVID and all that, census happened. And I think New York lost a congressional seat. But that's also an electoral college vote. And that's how the dirty game is played. These people are evil. The system is broken. We need to do the census based on citizenship, period. But this is one way they've eroded the system. California, they have what, like 52 or some odd electoral votes or something like that? Some insane number. And they're a sanctuary state allowing people to cross in why it gives them more power in the federal government. That is a perverse reverse incentive. We should not be incentivizing people to destroy and erode this country for federal power. That's what they do. So therein lies the double edged sword. The short term 
people are laughing and gloating at these cities because now they have to deal with this. In the long term, it is giving them power. If anything, Texas and Arizona should, okay, fine, these people can stay here. I guess the concern is when they get the right to vote, when, when they pass citizenship, or if they ever do, maybe not because they're illegal immigrants, there's concern they will vote Democrat. But I think that's, a, that, that's misguided. I do. I think these uh, uh, southern states would be better off just saying, fine, okay, Biden, because these are red states. It's going um, to create more red congressional seats. So here's what they should do. Here's what you do. Find a rural area, take these people, build shelters for them, help them be safe and live healthy and productive lives. And then when the census comes around, you are going to have more people get more votes. And lo and behold, Republicans end up winning. And the Democrats are going to be like, how are the Republicans winning? They're losing the popular vote. Well, it's because the Electoral College is based on population size, not citizenship size, which means you will see non-citizens not voting. But the more non-citizens there are in an area, the more congressional seats there will be. If that's what Democrats want, then so be it. Republicans shouldn't have to fight so hard against it. The problem, I suppose, is the resources. So maybe the state should then demand federal funding or get it somehow, get it somehow. Ultimately, I think we're, we're just, we're watching the decline of empire. The arts are gone. People are fighting each other. Brother against brother is just getting insane. People have lost their minds. Story after story I've heard Larry Elder mentioning, you know, Good friends he had just have don't care to read the evidence. He said, I want you to read this news story. And they're like, no, I won't do it. And that's just crazy. It is literally crazy that there are people who say, I don't want to know the truth. And you're like, please just read the news. And they won't and they don't. And here we are in a country where people are so filled with rage because consensus reality, reality has not been met. Amazing. Sad and scary. And that's why I think we're on the verge of civil war because of things like this, but mostly on the consensus reality question. There are many people who uh, you, you, you see it. They say it. They say, just believe what you're supposed to be, what you're told so that we can get back on track. Wow, that's insane. Why? So you can be led like lambs to the slaughter. I mean, the figuratively. But like to be a lemming walking off a cliff because the lemming in front of you did it. And I mean the video game lemmings, not the real ones, because the real ones don't actually do that. Apparently the story is like Disney, like shuffled them over the edge of a cliff, forcing them. <laughs> That's so brutal. But the idea is the lemmings just blindly follow. And they follow even to their own destruction and demise. That's psychotic. We should be working towards a better future. We should be helping these people and helping everyone in this country. Yet for some reason, there are people who say, I don't care how bad it gets so long as you fall in line. Yeah, that's a creepy mentality to have. And that's what leads you to the gulags. So you can suffer. You can be a Borg clone. Fine. I won't. Never will. Won't do it. There is something afoot in this country on this planet that we don't know. Now, some people think there's a grand conspiracy. But certainly there is a greater agenda and a greater emergent phenomenon. That is to say, we don't know exactly what's going on at the highest levels because of confidentiality, top secret, things like that. We know there are agendas in government. It's just it's the truth. It's a fact. And we don't know what their plans and missions are. Beyond that, there is a greater emergent phenomenon. The dominoes fall as they lie. And we don't know exactly where that will lead us, but something bigger is happening. And what I mean to say is, with these migrants coming in, with crime, with what Democrats are doing, 
All of this, whether intentional or not, will lead us somewhere. That is the emergent phenomenon. The actions of the humans, whether intentional or otherwise, will result in a greater consequence. I don't know what that will be, but it's interesting to watch it play out. This big machine a churning. How will the dominoes fall? You ever see those things they do where it's like they flick the domino and then all of them fall over and it makes a picture? So it's like a bunch of white dominoes on top, but when they fall down, they're different colors on the back. And so it makes an image. That's what I mean. We don't know what the ultimate image will be. What will this country look like? What will remain after everything happens? I'm not entirely sure, but it's happening right before our eyes. And it feels like we're about humble chickens in a chicken coop, unaware of the predators that lurk outside and what will happen when those gates come crashing down. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Maybe this signifies something dark is coming, but maybe from the darkness there will come light. And as bad as it gets in this country, it may ultimately be a cleansing of sorts. So I don't think it'll be all bad. I think I think we're going to be all right. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. There is no better example of what it means to be in a cult than this wonderful story from LGBTQNation.com, which reads, Anti-trans troll Matt Walsh says black mermaids aren't scientific in on-air meltdown. You're in a cult. First of all, a Matt Walsh meltdown. Have you ever listened to this man? Matt, you are very dry. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, he's a very stern, dry presentation, a very matter of fact. And it's, it's actually an excellent delivery on a lot of the funnier points. It's, it's a good delivery. But meltdown, I would not. Matt melting down is him going like, uh huh. Like that, that's the extent that you'll get. I love this. Let me explain to you why this is the cult. Matt Walsh made a point about the uh, race of uh, actor, uh, actress playing the Little Mermaid. And I 100% agree with the point he made that I don't care if a person of different races is playing a character that was traditionally a certain race. It's the double standard. And that is to say, when you race swap a white, act, a white character by having a black actress play it, that in and of itself, who cares? But when it only ever goes in that direction and it would be offensive to have a white actor play a black character, then people are like, hey, we've got a double standard here. That's not OK. And so that's basically his point. It's like, look, if we were all in agreement that anyone of any race is playing any character, then I'm, I'm fine with it. And so I agree. I will also point out that Avatar, the last airbender film, cast white people to play Inuits. I think that's also I, I think that's actually stupider than uh, than than this. Mermaids aren't real. And um, the, the characters of it was, I think, Sokka. It's played by a white dude. I mostly don't care. I'm like, actors can play whoever they want, dude. It's make believe like there's no waterbending tribe. But in this, it was supposed to be like a, a like Inuit. And so at that, I'd say it's a little sillier. But uh, ultimately, I am of the opinion, I don't care. Anybody can play anybody. So Matt Walsh says, in, in, as, a, as kind of a somewhat facetious way, that it wouldn't even make sense. Like a, a mermaid would be extremely pale. Have you ever seen these deep sea fish? Their skin is like translucent. And he's right. Light doesn't penetrate that deep into the ocean. So their skin is translucent. There's no melanin. And this is what you get. There are a spattering of stories running this headline, which is just insanely fake, insanely fake on air meltdown. No, he didn't have a meltdown. 
He wasn't he was being literal. He was making a, 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 a gag. Newsweek. Matt Walsh slammed for saying Black Little Mermaid isn't scientific. Okay. Y'all are insane. All right. Y'all, y'all have lost the plot. And this is a cult. And now what they're doing is they're running tweets. They're morphing the story into Matt Walsh makes joke about a mermaid actually being trans, how a mermaid would be actually translucent, not even white. They twist it into saying it's anti-black. And now they're running the story. That's the headline. Let me break it down for you one more time. Matt Walsh said a mermaid would actually have translucent skin. And they're like, you just don't like black people. You're in a cult. They're not giving you the real information. The real information is that right now, the Little Mermaid trailer on Disney has like two million thumbs down. You need a special app to be able to see it. Why are people upset with it? Well, it is true. And a lot of people are hitting me up like, Tim, we really are mad about the race swapping. I know you are. But people need to understand that there are even leftists complaining about this. The narrative that this is only just a bunch of racists ragging on the trailer is wrong. First of all, a lot of people who are ragging on the race swapping aren't racist. That's silly. Some racists absolutely are, of course. But there are many people complaining the trailer is trash. Some, a lot of people are pointing out, doesn't even look like she's underwater. Look at Aquaman, how his hair is moving and there's like texture in the water. And they're like the Little Mermaid, which is literally about a mermaid underwater the whole time. I mean, she comes out on land. I get that. They're like, they couldn't even do good CGI. And so you even had leftists and like normies being like, trailer's bad. But the narrative has to be that the only reason people don't like it is because they are racists. All right. Let me show you this. With that being said, I saw this story from The Guardian. Little Mermaid star Halle Bailey in awe at response to trailer. Bailey, the lead in Disney's new live action version, has responded to tweets engaging with black girls seeing her in the film's trailer. You see, they run these stories. She's in awe at the response in a bad way. Like the trailer's response is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly negative across the board. I think Halle Bailey is lovely. I think she's a tremendous singer. She's, she's a, a beautiful actress. And I honestly don't care that she's playing the role of, uh, of Ariel. I, I will say, I find it very weird that they dyed her hair red. Like, dude, if you're going to have a black actress play what, a character that was white, why make the black actress's hair look like the white girl's hair? You see, that's just the stupidest thing about this whole thing. It's just so dumb. They're like, we will have the black actress, but she has to look more white. And then people are like, Tim, black people can have red hair. And I'm like, that's not the point. They're dyeing her hair to make it look like the original white character. I understand that there are people who are black who have red and, and, and blondish hair. That's true. And blue eyes. Why didn't they make her eyes blue? The original character is white, redhead, blue eyes. So they say, we'll have a black actress play her, but we better make her look like the white character. It's all hypocrisy. None of it makes sense. Nobody's standing on virtue. They're standing in a spiral of psychosis to say nonsense like this. Here we go. I'm going to read for you what they said, and then I'm going to show you what Matt Walsh actually said. Daily Wire host and columnist Matt Walsh has upped his profile as a notorious anti-LGBTQ troll in recent months targeting trans people. Now he's diving into the racist backlash against the Disney live action remake of The Little Mermaid. And his argument against casting a black actor in the film's lead role is truly wild. He claims that it's scientific for mermaids to be white. No, he didn't. He claimed it's scientific for mermaids to have translucent skin. They're lying. It's amazing because they put the video in this and they still expect you not to actually watch what Matt said. Amazing. I got an email from the Washington Post. They're following up. They're like, uh, we have a list of people who think Biden didn't win the election fairly. 
And one of those people is you. And I was like, are you kidding me? When did I ever say he didn't win fairly? And they're like, we understand you think Biden won. And, and then they're like, can you point us to where in your podcast you've claimed that Joe Biden won the election? Now, anybody who watches my videos, who watches my show is probably laughing and rolling your eyes because so many of the, the people who, who do agree with Trump will rag on me and tell me I'm wrong. And now I have the media telling me I agree with you. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, I said to them, maybe if you actually do the legwork and watch the show to see what I've said about this, you'll understand. And like, but you have tweets saying there's fraud. And I'm like, Bill Barr said there was fraud. It just didn't. There wasn't fraud that proved the election was stolen or anything like that. To put it simply, how am I talking? I I think Joe Biden won. It's plain and simple. And I've always maintained that. I got made fun of by the left. They made a mockery video of me saying Trump was going to win. I thought Trump was going to win. And then me going, Biden won. How can you simultaneously have all of these things? They don't actually watch my show. They don't know my opinions. They just make it up like they're doing with Matt Walsh. I digress. In a recent episode of the Matt Walsh show, the far right commentator argued that it is unscientific for Halle Bailey to play the beloved mermaid. He says, also, by the way, the little mermaid, can we just mention that from a scientific perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean. I mean, if anything, not only should the little mermaid be pale, she should actually be translucent. If you look at deep sea creatures, they're like translucent. They have no kind of pigmentation whatsoever. And they're just like these horrifying. Okay. <laughs> these skeletons floating around the ocean. I should play it All right, Max Winter says a black actor playing the Little Mermaid really is a case of white erasure. All forms of art, including fairy tales, are meant to be reflections of the author's experiences and observations. Hans Christian Andersen probably based the Little Mermaid based on experiences he went through in his home country of Denmark. So it makes sense that most of his characters would be white since that's the world and the people he was surrounded by. Yeah, I'm given the way that we deal with these sorts of issues. I'm I'm sympathetic to that. Now, I would be fine, like we talked about yesterday. We don't have to rehash the entire thing. But if we all agreed that race in in films and TV shows, especially fictional stories, don't matter, and we're going to take a kind of colorblind casting approach, and uh, you know, it just it, it, it doesn't matter as long as the actor is good. If we could all agree on that, then I'd be on board. And as I said, that's basically what it was for many years. What it was back in the nineties. But what I cannot abide by is the double standard thing where we say, well, race, the race, the yeah, casting, yeah. Uh, the race of in casting matters only for certain races and not for others. That that no, no, we're not doing that. Oh, here we go. Also, by the way, oh. with the Little Mermaid, can, can we also just mention that just from a, from a scientific perspective, okay, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean. I mean, if anything, I mean, not only should the Little Mermaid be pale, she should actually be translucent. <laughs> if you look at deep sea creatures, they're like translucent. They have no kind of pigmentation whatsoever. And they're just like these horrifying, they look like skeletons floating around in the ocean. That's what the Little Mermaid should look like. She should be totally pale where, and skeletal where you can see her skull through her face. And that would actually be a version of Little Mermaid that I would watch. Bravo. I completely agree. I made the joke the other day that the Little Mermaid should be singing because, you know, she's like, ah, and then Prince Eric hears it and she should swim to the surface and see him. And then he like, I'm imagining he walks to the water and then he looks down as he hears this beautiful singing and then he sees this beautiful face emerging. And then as it gets closer to the surface, it becomes more skeletal and disfigured and goes ah, and then grabs him and pulls him in. 
and then just drags him down to the depths to die an agonizing death. That's what I want to watch. I love how he's, they're these horrifying, they look like skeletons floating around in the ocean. That's what the Little Mermaid should look like. She should be totally pale and skeletal where you can see her skull through her face. <laughs> Brilliant, good sir. And they claimed that was racist. And the funny thing is, of the creepy weirdos who are like, Matt Walsh is racist, he thinks black people can't be mermaids. Someone was like, Matt Walsh wants to see a skin skeleton mermaid like some weird neckbeard basement dwelling. Dude, that's a horror movie. That would be so amazing. And it should be like the little mermaid. And, you know, it's funny because um, mermaids aren't inherently murderous. Sirens would sing a song and lure sailors to their deaths. And that was like Greek mythology. And then mermaids were something different. But they're basically the same thing, especially with aerial singing. Dude, she is a siren luring these people to an untimely death. So it would be hilarious if like from the surface looking down, you see just like this blurry image of what looks like a pretty face. And as it gets closer, it's like a skeletal with like sharp teeth and like and pulls her in. You know that scene from Lord of the Rings where uh, Bilbo is like, might I just see my ring for one? And then he like lunges at it. That's what I'm talking about. But the Little Mermaid, yo, that would be legit. Setting, okay, here, here's what they say. Setting aside how truly absurd it is to argue for a scientifically accurate depiction of a mythological half-fish person, several Twitter users have noted various deep-sea fish and aquatic mammals that have dark skin. What, uh, here we go. This is a dragonfish. They live in the ocean at depths down to 2,000 meters. Anybody notice what color it is? It's black. Jet black, actually. Matt Walsh saying that the Little Mermaid should have translucent skin being called racist is one of the most insane, cultish, psychotic things. Bro was making a, a non-point. Look at this. And, and Media Matters is running the story. It's, it's amazing. Look at this. David French responded, an actual argument for mermaid science to keep Ariel white. Is this peer reviewed? He said to keep her translucent. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. He says, hi, David French. Did you actually listen to the whole clip? And hear the part where I advocate for translucent skeletal mermaids and really come to the conclusion that I was being serious and wanted white people. And he goes, or do you just know better, but you're jumping in with the leftist dog pile just out of habit? Matt Walsh did not advocate for white mermaids. That's what David French said. Keep Ariel white. What? Wait, what? Amazing. Matt Walsh. He goes on to say, I won't apologize for advocating for the rights of the translucent. My work as an equity activist often leads to pushback, but I am never dissuaded. This community needs more visibility, especially because you can hardly see them even when they're standing in front of you. Slow clap, Matt. Slow clap. Look at this. The Little Mermaid star Halle Bailey in awe at response to trailer. Here's another one. Deadline. Halle Bailey is truly in awe as black girls react to the Little Mermaid teaser. And then we have this. Racists are worried about the historical accuracy of mermaids. You're in a cult. You're in a cult. You're in a cult. There we go. You're in a cult. And I'll tell you why. Okay. The response is negative. It's not just about race swapping. Many people on the left have actually called out the red hair. Many people have called out the terrible CGI. For instance, here in this image, people have pointed out like it doesn't look like she's underwater. You'll need that contrast for when she comes out of the water. They didn't like it. I don't care all that much about the CGI. I do take issue with them dyeing her hair red because it's like 
Dude, if you want Ariel to be a little white redheaded girl, then cast a little white redheaded girl. If you want to cast a black actress, let the black actress be Ariel. It's this half measure where the left is like, it's fine that she's black. And then I'm like, aren't you concerned then if that's your position that they tried to make her look like the white girl? Yo, Halle Bailey has black hair. She's allowed to have black hair. It looks lovely. I don't understand this double standard either. Because all it really is about is being in the cult. It's about just say we are right. Nothing else matters. Their own logic doesn't make sense. I'm going to give a shout out. I'm gonna, I, I want to I nail this cult thing right here. Here we go. From the rap. Nate Silver marvels that libs can't even permit Trump to have one good day after al-Baghdadi killing. The perfect example. Donald Trump took out the leader of ISIS and they were like an austere scholar. They could not give Trump one good day. It's a cult. It's a cult, man. How hard is it for them to say it? Yesterday, in my main segment, I said, I, I uh, applaud Joe Biden. I encourage him to get this deal done. We don't want a recession. I'm not like Bill Maher. I won't call for a recession and economic devastation. Just it means getting rid, of, getting rid of Joe Biden because it means suffering for regular people. I don't play that game. I hope that Joe Biden can solve the rail strike problem to prevent economic crises. Daily Mail reports Biden caves to rail unions to avoid catastrophic strike. And hands out immediate $11,000 bonus and a 24% wage increase. He caved. That's right. Joe Biden did. And I applaud him for it. I think the Democrats are nuts. I think the weaponization of the DOJ is insane. I think all of that is bad. But I'm not a psychopath. The rail strike would be bad for the rail workers union. It would be bad for us. And we needed whoever it was, Biden or otherwise, to solve this problem. I wouldn't vote for the guy. But I can give him credit. I can give AOC credit when she calls for an investigation of the cops who opened the doors on January 6th. I have no problem giving them their good days when they deserve it. We need to. As I always say, and this ain't new, if there is someone I don't like, but they do something good, I will give them respect and praise. Because if you don't encourage the good behavior, you will not make them come to that point. And I'll give a shout out to Joey Salads. And I'll explain my, my thoughts on this ultimately. I'm in Sweden. I see Joey Salads tweet at me. I get mad. I smack talk him because he made a fake video and it was really bad. It's just, you know, it's ancient history. But uh, he, he made fake videos. They were racist or they were accused of being, you know, long story short. And then I thought about it and people were like, you're wrong. You shouldn't be mean. And then I was like, you're right. I shouldn't be. Here's Joey trying to apologize and trying to turn over a new leaf. And I'm shoving him aside. If we do that, the only direction he could go is in the wrong direction. So I said, I was wrong. I should not have said that. I should welcome him over and say, promise you won't do it again. Welcome to the party, brother. Thank you for apologizing. If we don't tell people we appreciate the good things they do, they can only go in the bad direction. Joe Biden here is doing something good. The workers are getting more money. They're getting a bonus and a wage increase. We're going to avoid a strike. I got no problem giving Joe Biden credit for working on this. By, you know, Biden ain't all with it. I got to be honest. But his administration in the White House were working to solve this problem. I can respect it. Because I'm not in a cult. I just don't like Joe Biden for legitimate reasons. The FBI has been rampaging over the past week, targeting Trump allies, and it's nightmarish. I entertained the Russia Gate hoax because I was like, let's, you know, let's let's be trusting. And then the Ukraine Gate hoax, I investigated. They lied. But these people on the left, they will run insane fake stories like this. Matt Walsh meltdown. Matt Walsh wants Ariel to be white. Dude literally said translucent skeletal mermaids floating around. And he wasn't even being serious. It was a gag. And they run with it because they're a cult. 
and it doesn't matter. Now, here's what I love. Media matters. Here you go. What is media matters? NewsGuard says 80 out of 100. Media matters is off the rails. Okay, they make stuff. It's weird conspiracy nonsense. Here's what they write. Daily Wire host says that it's unscientific to cast a black person as a mermaid. Do they go? Look what they did. It's, it's, it's remarkable how they, how they frame things, and it's considered to be factual. Good job, NewsGuard. Good job. It's, it's responsible to say this. You think it's responsible not to give people the full context? Yeah, NewsGuard, you're trash. All right. Garbage. They gave us at TimCast a good score, but it took them a month about to actually get all the corrections through with all the lies and garbage they espoused. Media matters. They will tell you. They'll, they'll run these articles. Halle Bailey in awe at response to trailer. Maybe she really is. But it's this puff piece at a time when people overwhelmingly don't like the trailer. They tell you that racists are review bombing the movie or sexists are review bombing the movie when it comes to like Captain Marvel. And I'm like, dude, the movie was just bad. Captain Marvel was not good. It was blah. I wouldn't give it a zero. I'd give it like a 30. And when we came out and said the movie was bad and the character was bad and the actor, actress was bad, they said it was just sexism. And I'm like, no, Captain Marvel should have been played by Robin Wright. She should have been older. She, and she's more commanding and, and, and a better actress and just, just all around better. Brie Larson. I think she's fantastic in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Awesome. I love the, her version of Black Sheep by Metric. But you can't. Everything has to be about racism and sexism. It's amazing. That's all they have. I saw a meme today on Facebook because, you know, I love the Facebook memes. And it said it said something like when people say woke, it's really just because they can't say the N word. And I'm like, welcome to modern politics. I have no argument against your, your position. So you're racist. OK, whatever, man. Don't fix your dumb movie. They're all trash, though. I got to be honest. I saw I saw Aladdin the live action and it was amazing how, how bad it was. And I was just like, why don't they just make it shot for shot remakes of the first of the classic movies? Because people really liked them. Pinocchio is coming out. It looks terrible. It really does, does. It really does just look bad. The Little Mermaid also looks bad. I get a lot of people. Were, they wanted to see Ariel come to life. I think Jodie Benson was the name of the actress who voiced Ariel. People wanted to see it. They wanted to see a character they grew up with come to life. Instead, they got a black actress with red dyed hair. And it doesn't, to these people, feel like it's representing the character. It's not about racism. It's about, this is Ariel. We want to see Ariel in real life. This is not Ariel in real life. They call it racist because they have nothing else. Dude, I know the argument people make. They're like, little, little black girls didn't have a princess to look up to. Hey, you know what? I agree. That sucks. Let's make some. For real. There's the, um, the frog princess or whatever it was. I, I don't watch Disney movies, so I don't know. But I, I say like, yeah, yeah, you've got Mulan and why don't we make more uh, princesses of varying races? I'm down with that. And then let people keep Ariel as Ariel appears instead of casting a young black woman and dyeing her hair red. It's so ridiculous. I, I ultimately don't care about the race stuff. Like Matt Walsh is saying, who cares, man? People were mad that Idris Elba played Heimdall because Heimdall's like a Norse god and he's white, I guess. But I'm like, dude, Idris Elba's actually really great. He's a big masculine dude. Like, he fits the role. Like, thought he was good. People were mad that he might have become James Bond. And then, and then other people were like, he's literally British. He's a British man. Yeah, dude, I would, I would actually love to see Idris Elba as James Bond. I think he'd be really good. 
I think he's fantastic. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work. I think he's a, a, a great, when he plays villains, I think he was in Hobbs and Shaw. I love the Fast and the Furious, by the way. Now they got people with superpowers. I want to see, here's what we got to do. So they did Hobbs and Shaw, which is the Fast and the Furious universe. And it just elbows a cybernetically enhanced super soldier. Awesome. And then what they should do is, and then, and, then, and then they did Fast and Furious 9, I think, 9. They go to outer space. Amazing. Yo, don't stop now. I'm not even kidding, bro. The next Fast and the Furious movie, it should be like Dom. He, they, they like walk up and they're like, yo, Dom, we got an experimental new electric car. It runs on fusion power. And then he's going to be like, I can drag race this. And then the crew are like racing alongside. But then there's like a malfunction and the engine explodes and they all get blasted by fusion radiation, which mutates them, giving them superpowers. And all of a sudden like Vin Diesel's like flying around and like shooting energy blasts. Yo, I would love. Okay. Maybe too soon. Maybe the next one should be they get like mech. Oh, you know, we were talking about this. Mech suits like Gundam. They're like, this car can turn into a giant robot. And then all the cars come together and then they're like Megazords. I kind of think superpowers would be better. Anyway, I digress. We'll get into that later. I want to see it. I don't care about this. I don't care if Idris Elba is a superpowered super soldier in the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't care if Ariel is a black character. I do care about the double standard. Let Halle Bailey play Ariel. Fine by me. But let her have normal hair. Like her hair. Trying to make her look like the Ariel character. What are you going to do next? Bleach her skin? Dye her? Uh, put contacts in? So stupid. Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.